Mood.tv My dad is a Labatt's man. I just wanted to, we were talking Ooh. about beers before we, before we clapped and what our parents uh, drank. And I remember my dad being a Labatt's man. I like a Labatt. My uncle Chris is a Labatt's man. You don't see a lot of them. Kyle, how about your parents? Um, my my parents were drunk on Jesus. Uh, they, <laughs> they didn't drink, no. Teetotalers. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, coffee. Our family's a coffee family. Ooh, devil juice. Yeah, ooh, yeah. <laughs> it's the only drug that's acceptable in the Mocha family. Caffeine and Jesus. <laughs> that's all you need, really. But yeah, my dad said he used to drink Schlitz uh, and Heineken once in a while. <laughs> yes. But I, I always just think of like a warm can of Schlitz, you know? It's just like a warm can of Schlitz. It just sounds disgusting. It sounds disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound good. Uh, I found it on tap in New England once. That was pretty amazing. Hmm. Um, it, they had that and Coors Banquet on tap, and I had never seen Coors Banquet on tap anywhere. Oh. Wow. I had three bowls of uh, New England clam chowder and <laughs> some Schlitz. I thought you were say you had three bowls of Schlitz. <laughs> and, and then some course banquet. Yeah, no, it was good. And then my mom apparently has only ever gotten drunk once. We've given her sips of wine. Like, she'll be like, oh, what is that? And take a sip and go, mm, and then go pray it away. <laughs> but she said one time she was at a wedding in like the late 70s. My brother Kurt was the only one. I'm one of 10 kids for people that don't know that. Um, so Kurt's like 77, 78. He's like a year or two years old. And my mom got hammered at a wedding because someone just kept giving her whiskey sours and Ooh. she just went oh these are really nice and it's probably like a fancy one with the fo- like the foam on it and everything yeah oh it's a wedding whiskey sour yeah right. like a legit one and it she, hid the devil within she apparently had <laughs> at least like five or six of them and got like like to the point where my dad had to carry her and my brother out of, of the way you think she did anything illegal oh i hope so i really i don't think I don't think in her life nancy mocha has ever done anything illegal if she has she she has prayed that away already. She's she's good. Nancy Mocha, what a great name. For the listeners, that is Kyle Mocha of Kyle Mocha Won't Shut Up Fame. He is on our show as a guest today. We use that word very loosely here. Nice. Oh, we're all famous here, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, we all, we are all are famous. In, in our little bubble, we are renowned. We're Mood.TV famous, that's for sure. Yeah. No doubt about that. Yeah. No doubt about that. And that's the Greg Man. Yeah, on two episodes in a row. Let's see if we can make it three. Yeah. <laughs> 2021, this is the year, and we got... Producer EJ5000. I'm Moot.TV Anus. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't. We can end the episode there. 2021! Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Uh, yeah, thanks for joining us, everybody. We had good momentum. <laughs> it's all on him to edit, though, so just let it let it roll. Yeah, he could add in the audience <laughs> laughter there. I did prepare a question. On Let Me Ask You a Question in the podcast. Let's not forget that. That's where we are. That's true. That's true. Which is on Mood.TV. Just like Kyle Moko Won't Shut Up. Also, famously, the band, famously, Brunch from said show. Brunch from said show. That's how I say it. I go, we're brunch from said show. Like, <laughs> that's what you opened us. Like, how, how did you open with that? You can't just open with that. <laughs> I often take for granted that people know the name of the show listening to it. But for all the listeners that just happened upon this show, which I love them actually the most. Ooh, sorry for long-time listeners. Wow. Yeah. If you're a consistent listener, Anthony does not care about you. No. I mean, I mean, I love I love you too. Without you, we wouldn't be as far as we are. However, those new listeners, we can't we have to name the show for them. They have to know what this is. We do have to do that. What all this is. So 
here's the question I've I have concocted diligently over the last week. It goes something like this. What is something you definitely learned from either the movies or TV? Mm. 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 Yeah, like like a like a life lesson or a skill. It could yeah, it could be either a skill or a life lesson or just how to interact with somebody or like in what ways has it well, okay, I'll, I'll buy you some time by just talking for a second. As I, <laughs> I'll stop listening to think. Yeah, yeah. So you can stop listening to think. But I'm going to compare this to an episode we did a few weeks ago. It was actually the famous Lost episode. Oh, that we had a few weeks back. But we we got to talking kind of about how the movies you watched as a kid might inform the kinds of things that you want to be or do with your life. And ironically, I think that might have caused a lot of pain in America. <laughs> Because people ended up wanting to do all these things that are kind of fanciful, whereas maybe in a time before that sort of media, people wouldn't have had aspirations like that. They would have been happy to go right down the mill and mine some coal. But suddenly you watch Indiana Jones. Doesn't seem so glamorous anymore. It's true. But anyways, so that's that's like a possible thing that maybe you learned uh, something you wanted to do with your life as an example. I just my suspicion is that media actually has taught us many things that we don't even think about. That's my suspicion. Yeah. My, I, I usually have like tons of things sprouting to my mind instantly. And this is actually a slow trudge. But the first thing that hit my mind was uh, the Ghostbusters movie. Uh, the scene where it's the they're they're going to the hotel restaurant. It's it's one of the first places they bust ghosts at. Oh yeah, they find Slimer. Yeah, yeah. They find Slimer. They need to clear the room basically, and so they're flipping over tables. But Bill Murray grabs a tablecloth, and he t- to intend to pull the tablecloth from under the table setting and not move anything. <laughs> And I think I didn't even I wasn't even aware that that was a thing. Yeah. Up until that moment. <laughs> and the flowers are still standing. Because <laughs> <laughs> he famously knocks everything famously knocks everything else over. It's a very famous show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably one of the that's the first thing that came to my head of something that I learned whether how to or not to do it from a movie. What was the lesson you took away from that? Just how not to do that particular thing? Or was I had it never like- known that that thing was a thing to be a thing. And so I learned about the thing. And then I also learned what the goal was for the thing and what was the not goal. You know, the goal was to keep everything up. And I'm very sure I had this little uh, hamper. It's like a little white hamper that stood about two feet tall when I was three feet tall. And that hamper became all sorts of things for me. Like I had a lemonade stand one time, which was really just Dixie cups full of water selling only to my parents because I was in an apartment building in Newark and we (laughs) we didn't go outside much. (laughs) In this specific occasion, I remember putting on a tablecloth and then putting some little things on there and trying to, to pull it away to see if I could do it. Um, and I don't remember if I, I probably failed every time. I can't remember if I did or didn't. But did you learn, maybe there was another lesson there though, that when you do something and you totally fail at it, you can play it off. Probably might've, or, you know, I was a little kid. So little people like adults just give little kids so much more credit than they're due. Cause like my parents could have been like, you fucked it up, but they were probably like, oh, that's so great. You're so creative. Yeah, they were you know, three or four bushes in. They were just like, yeah, good, good, good. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you get up another bush? That's a great trick. We love when you do that <laughs> trick, little airbag. Oh, I would say I, now that I'm thinking about it, and, and it, like at first I was like, what life lesson, what like gravitas like thing did I learn? Um, and to go more in kind of my vein, the thing that I learned 
uh, from you ever see the the Parent Trap? There's the original, but then there's the Lindsay Lohan remake of the Parent Trap. Sure, yeah. Um, I learned that you could take peanut butter and put it on Oreos, and it's goddamn fucking delicious. Ooh. And it's the bonding moment between the two sisters when they meet that you put peanut butter on an Oreo, and it's amazing. And they're like, "You do that too? I do that too. No way!" Yeah. <laughs> and then they just like you know eat peanut butter and Oreos, and I'm just like. Well, I'm already down the fat train a little bit. Might as well just keep going with peanut butter and Oreo. It's like a it's like a protein bar. Once you discovered that, did you go through the whole bag? Yeah. Oh, and then I just put peanut butter on literally every. I was like, what else is peanut butter good on? Because <laughs> I love peanut butter and jelly. And that's when I realized, uh, you know, you know the Austin crackers, like the six pack of crackers your mom puts in your lunch bag. Oh, sure. Uh, there was a cheddar cheese and peanut butter cracker, and I went, wait a second. <laughs> and I went to the fridge and I got a slice of American cheese, which is imitation cheddar. And I put chunky peanut butter on it and kind of rolled it. Mm. And I'll tell you, it's it's like a really disgusting fat kid sushi roll um, <laughs> in the way that like you kind of look at it and go like at first, like, why, why would you do this? Um, but but you uh, you kind of lose the cheese in the peanut butter, but it kind of just gives it a nice little weird. It's not just having a spoonful of peanut butter, you know? So oh, yeah. I learned from the parent trap that peanut butter peanut butter is the most uh, <laughs> is the most versatile condiment. It's a condiment. You can put it on anything. Have you ever just take a marshmallow, just dip it in some peanut butter? Oh, you guys are you're blowing my mind tonight. Why not? Why wouldn't you? It's phenomenal. Pretzels, potato chips. I had a, I had a roommate in Brooklyn who used to do that, and I was oh, like, yeah. that's weird. And then he just he literally just dipped one in and, and like put it out to me, and I was like, yeah. and ate it, and it was. Yeah. Fan- I mean, we eat fluffernutters. Why not just put a whole marshmallow in peanut butter? Anything that's sweet i can abide by anything that's sweet but once we get into the salty category and we depart from thai food pretzels like thai food okay i'm okay with thai food but once we depart yeah maybe pretzels i could see that peanut butter and jelly wings were pretty good they were surprisingly good yeah pbj wings i have had a bacon peanut butter burger everybody everybody gives me shit about that and i always tell everybody to try it and they love it peanut butter is the greatest I love how, too, they're like, fuck you, Greg. Like, you made it. You're like, no, I ordered it. Yeah. <laughs> it was on the menu. <laughs> yeah, like, somebody made it. Enough people enjoyed it. They printed it. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's delicious. And they're like, who would order that? And I'm yeah. like, try it. And then they're like, oh, just yeah. like spam again, just to bring it back to spam. They're like, oh, that was delicious. To go back briefly to the Oreo thing, because that does sound delicious. But I, I took a picture of it the other day because it blew my mind. But they've gone from... They had double stuff, mm-hmm. but now they have thick. I think it was called mega stuff. It's, it's, it's four. It's, it's four uh, sizes of cream in one. Yeah. It blew, I said, this is America. Donald Glover didn't cover that in his song. <laughs> I was going to say, don't catch you slipping, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, and to go back again or maybe forward. I remember eating those cheesy crackers growing up all the time, the cheese and peanut butter ones, and loved them. Didn't think twice about it. And then, like, as an adult, maybe in my 30s, I looked at these and I was like, what the f- Yeah? These are cheese crackers. Like- With peanut butter. Did I not realize that this was insane? And, I mean, it's good. It is good. But I was like, this is weird. So, I wonder, I think, like, your your cheese, American cheese thing was really great. I wonder if, like, Cheez-Its with peanut butter would have the same effect. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, don't wonder. I can confirm. They're amazing. (laughs) Um... Now I've had I've I've had the uh, the pleasure in my life of being uh, not caring about being uh, eating whatever, and um, I one time took the you know the the polio string cheese. Oh yeah, 
you just stick it right into the soft, like the, the creamy peanut butter oh boy. and pull it <laughs> you... out. And it's just kind of like a weird lollipop. Um, now what I'm thinking is you then crust some Cheez-Its and sprinkle it onto the peanut butter. And then you get cheese, peanut butter, cheese with a crunch. You've really gone all in on this peanut butter. Is the peanut butter in your home sit with the salt and pepper um, or is it? <laughs> nah, nah, peanut butter has got its own shelf. It's got, it's on a pedestal. Is it more accessible than the salt and pepper? Yeah. <laughs> All right, not to get too fetishy with this peanut butter. Greg, man. I'm lost right now. I am, I've been trying to think of something. And like the first couple of things that come to mind are like how I deal cards. <laughs> and I, I don't, but I like, I don't know if that's like from from like watching movies necessarily or watching my dad. So it's like, it doesn't fit. Cause it's, hey, do you do that? The two finger like guy. Oh, you're a two finger man. Oh, I do the two fingers. And I, I'm, and then like, and then like, if you do like the, when you, when you flip it over, I like to do the snap to like the card kind of like, like snaps. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've played mm-hmm. cards with you. you and that's kind of you. I was gonna say, Anthony, you should know this. I've done that. I like to, especially when I'm not in the hands. Say, I've played cards with your dad. He does do that. I played poker with your dad back in the day. Yeah. He was a dealer for a bit when they moved, when he retired, moved to Florida. And then he was like, I'm working too much. I am retired. I got to stop doing this. That's awesome. What movie did you learn that from, Greg? Well, I was a big Maverick fan. Yeah, I was like, oh, Maverick. Like, I don't know if I don't know if Maverick. I mean, the the toss of the Ace of Spades was definitely a two finger toss, which I mean is kind of like a go to for me there. So, what about Rounders? Were you a big Rounders fan? Because I learned a lot from that. I was a big Rounders fan, but the funny thing is, when you brought up Oreos, the first thing that came to me was Rounders. Oh, <laughs> do not splash the pot. Yeah, because I'm like I do like I like to make my own double stuff with regular stuff Oreos, and if they don't break apart perfectly, I mean I don't put them aside like he does, but I do just eat it regular because I'm like, well, that's not going to be a good double stuff, so let me just eat this one. We'll try the next one. I mean, to tie this together before we take a little break, I bet there's something to any of those movies that kind of spoke to us when we were younger. I bet part of that is like they, they, they taught us something, you know? I, I mean, that's what I keep thinking about in my head anyways, is that, and the movie that I'll talk about, it taught me something that I think it took a long time for me to realize what it taught me, but it explains a lot when I think of it in that light. But I wonder if that's like, even if they're comedies or see, they seem kind of frivolous, I feel like we like them for a reason. I wonder if it's because it kind of teaches us something. Maybe. I don't know. That's a theory. I think you could learn something from anything, you know, like uh, the the one other movie that came to my head, which is not, again, a life lesson at all. But uh, the movie that was really big for me was uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, yeah. I just rewatched that. Kevin Costner. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this great scene at the end whenever he's got his merry men all together and all that stuff. And they... They put up these like little planks of wood in the woods and cover them with leaves, but they're like propped up with a stick. And so that when they run and hide, they just hit the stick out and the thing covers them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like I was I did that like a lot. I was I had a burlap sack and I put it over a piece of wood covered with leaves. And I would just like <laughs> for fun, like look around and then run and then hit it and let the leaves cover me up and just like hide and then do it again because i thought that was something i learned i thought was cool never once has it come in handy in my life as an adult yet it might one day it will 2021 yeah it might actually might be a good skill i think a lot of wood i think this is the year for wood tiding (laughs) i'll tell you what yeah go start go set those up and just remember where they are (laughs) yeah yeah i think you're actually ahead of your game all right i think we'll take a little break there and we will be back real shortly
song kyle why don't you tell us a little bit oh about my that? god yeah so that's uh we did a, a review of 2020 there's a lot of things thrown in there and the lyrics are in the description if you go to uh houseboat uh tlj uh be shortened we took out tommy lee jones for legal reasons you know um but yeah if you did he come at you we just we just wanted to make it look like he came at us and that that move didn't work at all and now we're just stuck with that his name <laughs> Um, now you got to watch out for the whole houseboat contingency, though, man. I mean, yeah, yeah, people with houseboats really don't like this. <laughs> yeah, go over to the houseboat channel. Kyle Mocha won't shut up. I forgot uh, what episode this season five, episode like sixteen, something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, that's a twenty twenty review. There's all the description of, or all the lyrics are in the description, and and it's uh, some weird shit happened last year that I didn't know about. Like British parrots learn to swear is one of the lines in there. And there was a bunch of British parrots at a zoo that just started swearing at everybody. So it was uh, not as depressing of a look back, but then a lot of it is really fucking depressing. Yeah, the parrots are a highlight, I imagine. Oh, yeah, that's like one of the best things that happened. And Bieber getting Lyme disease. I'm surprised it wasn't yeah. just COVID, 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 COVID. We had a thought for one of the, yeah, one of the one of the songs to be like, Trump and COVID, 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 Trump. <laughs> and I was like, how long could we really do that for? And they're like, the entire song. We could do... The entire song like that but we decided to actually use uh, uh a lot more and and yeah go check it out on houseboat comic won't shut up all that if you had ne- if you had done that we would have never learned about the parrot yep. so you did us you did us a solid one thing. thing i can give to the world is knowledge of swearing parrots <laughs> and fame don't forget the fame and <laughs> yeah the fame. and your beauty and the beauty i totally misheard you and thought you said british parents and i was like <laughs> weird all right oh i did too yeah i thought there was at a zoo Parrots. They're not so prim yeah. and proper over there <laughs> yeah, anymore. I was like, wow, I didn't realize. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, like, in my head, I was thinking, like, that's not new, but I mean, yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> they use certain words very recreationally over there. <laughs> very much, yeah. yes. Like cunt. Oh, that was okay. yeah. Even in Lamaic territory, you don't hear that much. That's uh, yeah, we don't use that that often. Yeah, yeah, we don't use it enough. <laughs> I'll say on our show, I think it's just Zach dropping it every other word. But yeah, you know, the old "see you next Tuesday." Wow, I've never, yeah, I never work it into my daily vocabulary, but I'm always kind of amazed by people that do it. We should really do it more, you stupid. Cunt. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, don't be a cunt. <laughs> It's also very Australian. I like it when the Australians say it because they also got that. You fucking cop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I'll practice after this episode. Uh, so to dive back into the movie aspect of this and the TV show stuff, I do. I Let me ask you a question before I dive into. <laughs> That's the name that of the was, show. Oh, I'm sorry. No, he did I did it. I did he did it. it. That's the first time he did it, you guys. That's for the new lesson listeners, just to be clear. Last episode, everybody, enjoy it. This is I'm it. here to watch it all crumble. <laughs> After this episode, we'll storm the Capitol. Too late. Or it's too soon. I don't really know anymore. It actually is it hard it's hard to tell. Is it too late or too soon? It's not right. It's tragedy, and that was good timing. So I think you got it. Yeah, I think when it comes out, it'll already seem passe. But I don't know. Who knows? Maybe Maybe not. Maybe it'll still be a thing. Um, okay. My question, though, is when watching movies or TV shows when you were younger, we have an, we actually had another episode that was about this, but about the birds and the bees and being taught about the birds and the bees. And would you say you learned more in a traditional way about the birds and the bees? Like, 
you know, your parents sitting down to tell you about it? Or did we actually learn how to do relationships through movies and TV? Definitely think I, I learned probably at first too much from watching TV and movies. Like I, I you can see, I mean, people can't see listening, but I'm, I'm uh, still a VHS uh, collector in, in the way that I never got rid of pretty much any movie I've ever owned. So I, I love watching movies love and I've learned definitely a lot from movies. And as far as relationships go, I probably learned way too much early on um, and thought I could apply all of this knowledge and i thought i was ahead of the curve and that like you oh you don't need some. to yeah and you can apply a lot of it but but you're still if you're 17 and you're watching you know a movie about 35 year olds in a relationship like you shouldn't be applying that to 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 your your slight crush in the hallway you know like you shouldn't be doing that <laughs> um so i think that like early on it really messed me up but then uh later on it's like okay like i kind of step away from it and now i'm like Oh, there's like smaller lessons sprinkled throughout movies that I probably overlooked. I was looking at the overarching, you know, like story of it all, but like little things. And it's kind of like about inter more like how I interact with people and being in like a weird, awkward situation. <laughs> like if, if you watch a movie with somebody that's a genius in, in a comedic sense and they deal with an awkward situation perfectly, you can just kind of adapt that or adopt that. And, and then move on with it. And, and that, like, I feel like a lot of things I was learning, I was learning early on were like interactional. Yeah, sure. I, I think that stopped at some point though, because as you can, again, VHS tapes, I, I don't really go much past a certain year in, in what I like to binge watch. And so I, I don't know if I've learned new lessons in life from uh, media in that way. Uh, I just keep reiterating the old ones. What's your cutoff here out of curiosity? I mean, most VHS stopped happening in like 04, like 03. Um, I will watch anything. I'll watch anything. Um, but like literally I have a whole shelf that's down here that is uh, half of the Star Trek Next Generation catalog on two episodes of tape. Oh, yeah. And it's too deep. Uh, yeah, it's it's a lot. And, a and lot. I will watch all of those. And then I'll go and I'll sit down and watch Netflix on the real computer or the, the real TV. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to go back in my room and watch the ones that I, that I like the way they were made, you know? Hey, man, get yourself some Cobra Kai. It's enjoyable. Oh, I've been watching Cobra Kai. I've been jumping. I, I, I just did episode one of the newest season. It's such a great show. My parents are watching it. I was just talking to old mom and dad tonight, and they said that they're they're really enjoying it. It really brings you back. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like there's such a push for nostalgia media now. It's very, it's so super common. Back when America was great. <laughs> yes. Is that the year we're trying to get back to? 85. EJ, that is the thing that just, like, it drives me crazy. It's like, it's so weird how we, we do that. When nostalgia, what it does is romanticize something that never was the way we thought it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're watching a like a, 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 a $100 million production of a movie and you're going, that's what 1986 was like. And it's like, no, that's not what, like, that's just one high school in Shermer, Illinois, you know? Like, it's it's not like no high school was the breakfast club. Right. So you, like, romanticize 1984 or whatever. Like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Listen, I just watched Tango and Cash last night. Uh-huh. <laughs> I miss the days yes. of just shooting guns from the hip and everybody dying. <laughs> like, it's incredible. I'm like, I love John Wick and the realism, but like, yeah. there's just something special about just 
spraying from the hip and just everyone going down into into a crowd <laughs> actually you know what do you think anybody's ever tabulated how many people died in action movies in the 80s 90s 2000s and 2000s? definitely Ooh, i'm sure someone's done that but that's a lot well if you ever watched hot shots part two oh one of my faves they do the they do the counter where it's like they hit like you know more kills than robocop more kills than rambo and i'm sure that those are like if you went back and looked those are probably real numbers yeah, yeah. they wouldn't <laughs> They wouldn't lie to us. No doubt about it. But I wonder if, as we've kind of become a little bit more socially conscientious anyways, if that's filtered into movies in that way, action movies. Well, I think that's why they get a harder rating. That's why you'll get an R rating for the amount it kills when in night. I remember in like 94 going to movies on the move in East Stroudsburg, getting their seven movies for $7 for seven days. Beautiful. And I got the Jerky Boys movie. Nice. And it was rated PG. And there are full mm. tit in there. It's full nipple, full tit, just like thousands of boobs. Frank Rizzo is never PG. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so at a certain point, like you could get away with certain things. So in the 80s, you could apparently show nipple and say fuck. And it could be PG because it was, yeah, yeah, just have your parents watch over you while you watch this. Same thing with deaths on screen. Like the more they blame, like the more media will blame violence in video games, violence in movies, you know, on actual violence, the more they're going to scale it back, the more lawyers and, and allegiances. The line now is like five deaths and you're rated R. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. If you five show someone dying, blood, yeah, violent deaths. It's rated violent right. Deaths. Everybody can die from cancer the whole time. <laughs> and it's a G rated Disney animated film called sadness yeah and they just that's fine it's despair but it's not violent <laughs> we need to make a movie of thousands of people dying of cancer but animated right. that's it does sound terrible doesn't it <laughs> yeah but horrible. would it be r that's my question no no it wouldn't probably not no. that might pull a pg sprinkling some hand holding just like some like old hands holding old hands and stuff like that with that number it might pull a pg Maybe. but It'd be it'd be close. Yeah. Wow. It's still PG. Oh, that's interesting. I never thought about it in terms of like how you die. Of course, does does matter. But that is yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> super interesting. You can have like the happiest movie in the world where one person gets shot and it's rated R, yeah. and then you can have thousands of people dying of cancer, and it's like mm, we're really we're we're still going back and forth with the with the organization to decide if this is G or PG. Yeah. I would love to make a very G-rated animated film and then maybe the penultimate or anti-penultimate line is cunts. <laughs> <laughs> so, Anthony, what is your influence? So my movie would be Amadeus because I was of course. obsessed with Amadeus as a kid. But as I've gotten older, I wonder if the valuable thing, because when I was a kid, I was definitely thinking more obsessively about the character of Mozart and because I loved the music so much. I genuinely liked playing it on the piano. I liked listening to it. I was actually deeply into it. So it was much more about that. And I was like, oh, I'm getting to see this person that I see on the page on screen. And there was that. But there's this other aspect when you watch it again. I mean, it's the most dark movie ever. Yeah. It's about how the God doesn't care about you. It's about how like you're just left to what Salieri doesn't know is that it's just it's just fate. There's not you know, like like in the movie, he puts all of this on God and that God is actually playing favorites. But maybe that's not the case at all. Maybe it's just there's there's fate and he got the raw end of the deal. But I wonder 
as I've gotten older and thinking about this more is it maybe it's why I've never been very jealous. Like I don't really get jealous of other musicians. That's never, ever been part of my neuroses. I've got a lot of neuroses, but they've never, ever been jealousy. And I wonder if it's because I watched that movie so many times and maybe it got it really seeped in that there's some things that you just can't control. Like no matter, you can't really control how talented you are or what contingencies happen that make you get the gig or not get the gig. So uh, I think that's the most beneficial thing I could have learned from that movie because it's actually dark as fuck. But that would be my thing. Hear that, John and Leslie, if you listen, Anthony's parents, it had nothing to do with the unconditional love, the stable house home, uh, the cooked meals and the listening. It's about this movie that you let them borrow. <laughs> I, I'm sure you're right that there, there are some lessons there, and I can see how you can grab that from there. But I do, as I did just joke, I'm sure there's other ingredients involved with, with that really good trait of yours. Um, Absolutely. But, I, but like the, the greater idea that there's probably a lot of stuff that we've picked up unconsciously from these movies. Uh, like I, Not to bring up the now most hated villain on our show, Raphael. But I'm sure we all picked up a certain amount of tood from from thinking that Raphael was so cool in the Turtles movies and shows. Um, you know, sarcastic teenager thing. Uh, you didn't hear a lot about the sarcastic teenagers in the 50s. They were usually dipshits. But <laughs> once we got to the 80s and 90s, it's like, oh, teenagers are sarcastic. Oh, yeah. Gen X. Well, see, that's funny that you bring that up, though, because that's what I was thinking before the break was... I instantly, when Anthony asked the question, my mind went to like, like, what did I learn from Ninja Turtles movies? Because <laughs> I watched them so, so vehemently. And the only thing I could think of was like, when somebody criticizes you for chewing loudly, you <laughs> then chew even more yes. loudly and obnoxiously. Oh, and it's Raphael saying, hey, Mikey, can you chew a little louder? I can still hear out of this one. And then you lean over and you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just do it again. And like, I've definitely done that. That reminds me, uh, <laughs> I, I was obsessed with Mighty Ducks, you know, all of them growing up. And uh, anytime I, even though I'm not a great athlete, uh, I played soccer with all three of you, maybe? Um, I don't mm -hmm. think, no, I don't think I've played. Certainly not me. Oh, yeah. Definitely not me. <laughs> Were you on the team, though, for like one season? Like kind of? I ran laps yes, with you. Yes, okay. Once. I, I vaguely remember that. <laughs> so anytime somebody that was doing something athletic and they would fuck up, like we'd be in gym and we'd be playing mat ball or whatever, and someone would like just whiff on the ball completely, I would just go, keep swinging, maybe you'll give them a cold. <laughs> the line that, like, that Gordon just delivers wonderfully, and, and I just repeated that a lot uh through 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 my life and then uh we were talking before we came back from break uh i mentioned steve martin i've definitely learned that the bun company and the wiener company are in it together uh from father of the bride when he's trying to just buy enough buns to go with the enough wieners and it's like someone at the bun factory went with eight and somebody at the wiener factory went with six and they're in it together and he's just pulling buns out <laughs> i definitely learned that and and how to flip out on somebody in, in customer service from steve martin oh transplants and automobiles that's the best when he flips out on the airplane lady and she goes, you're fucked. One of my favorite lines of all time. But speaking of, of traveling in general, like I would have not had any context of flying or how to travel while flying if it weren't for movies and TV shows yeah. until I actually did it. Like how, That's when, true. you know, there's not like a book on like your baby's first flight. I'm sure there is now, but like. That's how we learned about that stuff. Or through most of the TV shows, you know, we were going to two cities, like going to New York or going to see the Grand Canyon and all these things. The first glimpse into those things was certainly through television. Oh, yeah. Aside from, you know, going there ourselves. But you learn a lot about 
the way that you're supposed to act and what you're supposed to see just through those historical contexts of the TV shows. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's arguable that we learn more from TV in, in some ways than most people around us growing up. Now, anyways, I think back, you know, way back in the day when TV was more of a fledgling thing and media was more of a fledgling thing, I think we learned a lot more probably from our communities and people around us and just seeing, and our parents probably doubling down on talking about like, that person's a weirdo. This is how not to be, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. But when you get inundated with nonstop media, I think, and this is totally bullshit theorizing, which is what we do best on this show. <laughs> but I think there, there, there might be, like that's been kind of dulled a little bit perhaps because we see so many different perspectives of how to be now on TV. Yeah. Uh, but we probably learn much, much, much more than older, you know, generations like at the dawn of this kind of stuff. I didn't think about it until right now, but there's probably, and if I thought about it, I could probably pull like a bunch. There's probably like dozens and dozens of things that I have learned from the Simpsons. Oh yeah. Of either how to, or how not to more likely how to do something by learning how not to do something strictly from the Simpsons. Totally. I definitely learned from a family guy to say, I'm going to take a wicked yes instead of I'm going to take a pee. Well, obviously you're going to take a wicked yes. Yeah, and I have a vivid memory <laughs> of Greg in school and like science class or something like that. Mr. Pills, Mr. Pills. Mr. And Pills. His name was Mr. Pills. Um, and I just remember you going, well, I'm going to go take a wicked yes. And I went, I don't get that. And then a year later I saw that episode and I went, <laughs> Extra funny. That's where Greg went. Yeah, that's where Greg <laughs> I was always wondering where Wicked Yes was. Oh, wee oui, wee. Oui. I was worried. Well, everybody, I think that's uh, we're gonna call it right there. Thanks for coming on the show, Kyle. Oh yeah, thank you guys for having me. It is always a pleasure to have you, Kyle. We love the guests, especially from a sister show. First guest of the new year, too. Yeah, dog. You're you're the man now, dog. I'm the man. Go Moot.TV. Yeah, we got the Moot Monday family here. You got, what do you got coming up? Do you have anything coming up on the show? Stuff that we should, listeners um, should Well, you guys already already heard a clip from our song 2020. Uh, That and and all of the albums that we we did, six albums Albums in the year of 2020. Uh, so for us, it was a good year musically. Uh, so all of those are available. Uh, yeah, we did a 10-song Americana album, which I really, really, really like. It's our first like full-length actual album. Uh, so you can go find that again. It's a uh, youtube.com forward slash houseboat TLJ. Uh, we still keep Tommy in there a little bit. Um, and we're live Tuesdays at nine o'clock. Uh, the, the winter's a little weird. Zach does plowing, so if it snows, we're, we're kind of you know, here and there. Uh, but over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be working on a uh, a shoegaze album. I think some form of a shoegaze album. We l- listen to a lot of Loveless and some some band that he's going to be mad at me for not remembering the name of. So we're going to be having that coming up. But yeah, we've got uh, all of our music's going to be being released on like iTunes and Spotify and everything like that sometime in the next. Check out that live though, because Kamoko won't shut up. Does that thing that nobody else on Moot TV is is willing to try yet, which is that sweet, sweet live podcast. Yeah, yeah the live we just we did it out of laziness. We were like, how do we pull this off without having to edit anything? And we're like, well, we just say it's live, and then you don't say anything that you don't want to have go out. <laughs> and uh, unbeknownst <laughs> to everybody, including. Uh, uh, Eric, a uh, super producer here, we have a minute and a half of dead air three episodes ago uh, in the menace, minute in the middle of the episode because Justin just forgot to hit 
that we were back and then forgot <laughs> to go back and edit it. So that that's good. Um, but yeah, we've got that. We do have a call-in number, just like you guys have now. Nice. Uh, you can call us, uh, leave us a voicemail, text us, anything. It's 570-795-WOAH. That's W-O-A-H. <laughs> stretched on that one. Uh, it's 9624. So 570-795-9624-WOAH. Speaking of old TV, um, Joey Lawrence. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Whoa. Um, and then we do, uh, I always like to give a shout out to our, our other like friendly podcast, but what do we know? Uh, it is a uh, true crime podcast. We do the theme music for them. Nice. Uh, so you can check them out. They release something on Wednesdays. And then I asked the boys, I was like, I'm going to go on the show tonight. Uh, is there anything specifically that you want me to say? And Justin said to mention that we are, we're music for hire, guys. We're going to write jingles now. We're working on a jingle for this weird horror shop in New Jersey right now. Hell yeah. Uh, called the Graveyard Gallery. So if you, if you need jingles, anything like that, km.won'tshutup at gmail.com. And then, uh, so Justin said that. Uh, and then Zach says, uh, Harry Butts and his dick is as small as a Kia. <laughs> Um, that's from a children's movie? I have no idea. That's just what it came out as. So that's what Zach wanted me to mention to you guys. Yeah, his dick is as small as a Kia. It's, it's a four hamster wiener. Um, <laughs> but yeah, other than that, yeah, th thank you guys for having me on. Thanks to super producer EJ for getting us out. And and yeah, Moot Mondays, we're, we're right there alongside you most of the time. I love it. And then, uh, you know, you can do the, the normal shit, like... Text us at 929-352-6173. Send us an email. Let me ask you a question. Podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Insta or Twitter at Pod. And you should definitely, definitely, oh, yeah, check out the subreddit. And also definitely check out Kyle Moko, Won't Shut Up. And we got the Derek D. Dozen and White Wasabi. We got all kinds of good stuff over at Moot.TV for you to feast your eyes and ears on. And you can get yourself some swag and wear it and or sip out of it there's lots of stuff you can do with it mm, aloha greg almost endless possibilities for what you can do with the swag that's really up to you listen i'm not the best looking but i'm not the worst <laughs> you want to sip out of my mug now you're the best looking i think uh, maybe of company I, just look at ej <laughs> come on I'm, I'm keeping silent on this yeah i mean look at us I mean, EJ, I love you, but Greg, Greg, a man's the most attractive one of us. No, I can admit that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah, me too. Me too. You're definitely more attractive than me. Well, I appreciate that. That makes me happy. I also want to say, too, we have some upcoming guests that you may or may not want to text questions to us for them. So on the next episode, we're going to be fe featuring Warren Kroll, uh, who's one half of High Tides and one half of the Red Falcon projects. He himself is also Dora Soto and Forrest, and he also has a, a DVD coming out on Rad Cult called Everybody Loves Gary. So write in your questions for him, and we may or may not also be having uh, Tobacco himself, who is, uh, of course, the head of Rad Cult. So if you have questions for them, 929-352-6173, call in or text. Hell yeah. And as just as the listeners know, as a project for 2021, we are actively trying to have more guests on because it's been a delight. We've been doing it a lot more over the last couple months and we just like it to be a party around here. You know, if I can't be around people and go to real parties, we're just going to increase the party here. Really, Anthony hates uh, EJ and I, so <laughs> he just wants more people. And, uh, you know, like it, it's it's a double-edged sword because we want to beat him up because of that. But we also... Um... Hate ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody can see it, but I'm touching my nose. <laughs> Uh, all right, everybody. We love you. Thank you so much for coming on, Kyle. And always welcome. You're always welcome here. We love having you on. Love you guys. Thank you so much for having me. You know what? 
you're all beautiful men. I won't rank you right now. <laughs> Save that for when you're masturbating. And also, you guys, you're, uh, you're a bunch of cunts. <laughs> Mood.tv. Trumping COVID, 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 Trumping COVID. Cause the more things change, folder stays the same. 2020.